right. We are here with the inaugural podcast for Home Field Advantage coming to you from middle of nowhere, Arkansas, where all the good old boys live. I have, this is Big Mo on the line here, and I have Action Jackson with me. You there, Action? Good to be with you, Mo. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Super All right. Stoked. Well, uh, well, Jackson, uh, can you give the fans a little preview about what we're trying to to give for them this season? Um, obviously, we've got some hog fans tuned in here, and probably want to know what what our rundown is going to be on this on this podcast. Well, it's you know it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a live podcast. Uh, there's no scripts, so. You know, if we screw something up, just keep following us. Uh, we're going to discuss the Hogs, all things Razorback. Uh, we're in, we're up for a big season this year, and uh, just look forward to talking talking over with you, man. All right. Well, I sure hope so. Well, I'm I'm glad you pointed out we might screw something up because that that will certainly happen. But we uh, we're just going to roll with the punches and and uh, just like the Hogs, hey. You know, you have a bad game, you just pick it up next week, right? But uh, actually, I, th- I think uh, we've got the opposite this week, don't we? Uh, 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 starting off with uh, Arkansas football. Uh, how about those Hogs beating a ranked team at home for the first time since 1979, isn't it? 1974. I mean, uh, safe to say neither one of us were even born. Yes, uh, I think our parents might have actually been just out of high school. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> great, great win for the Hogs. I mean, what what a way to start a season where I mean we had some really high expectations. Oh yeah, I, I totally agree. It's uh, it's refreshing to see uh, you know big expectations finally come through. And uh, you know, I'm always a little queasy. I'm. I'm not as uh, confident as you are in, in some of these big games, but uh, I tell you, the boys came to play, and uh, frankly, uh, you know, Real Stadium lived up to the name of this podcast, uh, starting with that early turnover we got, uh, or actually gave up to Cincinnati, where it was looking like it might be a long day from the get-go. Uh, could you take us there, Action, and, and kind of give us your, your thoughts on how that went down? Well, you know, in, in the first quarter, you know, we you know we, we came out, we looked a little lethargic on offense, and uh, we we punted and managed this. I was like, well, here we go again. You know, as Arkansas fans, we've 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 become known as somebody that is is prone to letdowns. And then Cincinnati goes on, uh, man, an extremely long, drawn out, methodical drive that gets deep into Arkansas territory until with seven minutes and 33 seconds left on the clock, a transfer from, God forbid, but there's a transfer from LSU named Dwight McLaughlin comes up with an interception. Interception, Big Mo, and and changes the momentum of the game in the early goings, returns it to the 29-yard line. And then wouldn't you know it, three plays later, K.J. Jefferson, who who I think is is, is underrated as a, a early season, he should be in the at least the oh, yes. team for the Heisman run to him from 15 yards out to put Arkansas on the board and just completely changed the mo right right off the bat in the first quarter and 
Uh, you know, we we went on to an early 14 and nothing lead. Got kind of hairy in the second half, but uh, Arkansas ended up coming up out on top. I think you already mentioned it. Uh, we're definitely going to compete. We're going to be disciplined. We're going to play tough. And kind of want to know your thoughts. Maybe a maybe an offensive player of the game, or uh, what what you thought as you were uh, no doubt viewing well, uh, the game yourself. Well, I, I think KJ Jefferson really showed up to play. The stats don't are, are certainly don't pop off the page at you. Only 226 yards passing. Uh, of course, he did you know some of it with his legs, about 60 yards running. But it's when he made the plays that counted. He made several key third down conversions. And late in the game, when Cincinnati was trying to get back into it, he consistently shut the door with precision passes and kept the chains moving. Um, I'm, I'm very impressed with, with his uh, ability to, to protect the ball in this game. And I feel like he's playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder after not being named in any of the preseason uh, All-SEC teams, even though he finished second in quarterback rating last year uh, for, for All-SEC quarterbacks. Definitely a tragedy. Definitely yeah. a travesty. Uh, I don't know who makes those polls, but they are definitely not us. Um, well, I, mean, I, I think we might actually – Yeah. Oh, I, th- I think I think it might actually be a good thing because it it seems like he's using it as a motivator action. That's right. Eight of sixteen on third down. I mean, you can't ask for much better out of your uh, out of your quarterback. Uh, he was responsible for uh, you know uh, three three touchdowns through the air and one on the ground. So I mean, I, I think uh, I think KJ definitely lived up to the billing, and uh, I think he's got a bright season ahead of him. Uh, a, a stat to point out too about playing discipline, uh, Big Mo is uh, last year when we started out against Rice, we had we had 13 penalties in that game, and I just want to point out we played so disciplined Saturday, we had seven total penalties in the game. Wow! Uh, and and that was that, is that was a big stat of the, uh, at the game for me. And, oh yeah. Uh, do, do you do you have a, an offensive standout other than KJ? KJ would be my my one for this game. Uh, uh, You know, I I think he was really – everybody contributed uh, to to the offense. But I feel like he was really the one that that kept the wheels on and kept us moving in the right direction where in the past, you know, we've we've kind of struggled with at the quarterback position, you know, before KJ and and avoiding turnovers and, and making critical conversions. And uh, his ability to do that on Saturday was really the difference maker for me. Now, obviously, it takes two sides of the ball to win the game. So, so action, did you find anybody on defense that you thought looked good? Well, you know, uh, I think the I think some of the transfer guys that came in, you know, really, really showed why they're at Arkansas and, and not playing for any other university in the country. But, oh. Uh, my defensive player of the game is, is going to be our standout at linebacker, uh, Bumper Pool. Uh, opened the season with 14 tackles, and uh, I just think he played remarkable uh, at the linebacker position. And uh, another, you know, another key turn point in the game. You know, once again, uh, Cincinnati's driving late in the game, and something else that changed the mo. Big mo. You're talking about changing momentum. Another transfer. Jordan Dominic forces a fumble 
Cincinnati's driving, promise again, late in the game, game on the line. He forces a fumble two plays later. KJ finds Trey Knox for a 32-yard touchdown and pretty much ices the game away after that, you know. Uh, we got it. We were able to get in our four-minute offense at the end, and you know, just but it, it once again was the defense that changed the momentum. And yes, uh, you always hear that you know the the good teams uh, don't always win pretty, and I think that Arkansas oh, yeah. is a very good team. Uh, I think we I think we lost uh, some key guys on defense, so uh, you know we we got to work on some things. But you see your biggest improvement between game one and game two, so we'll see what they have going forward. Oh yeah, but that would well, that would be my defensive player of the game, bumper pull and the, and the fourteen tackles for sure. Bumper pull, I, I definitely can't argue with that. That's a that's a whole bunch of tackles at at any level, especially at the college level. But uh, it's, uh, I think we alluded to it before uh, that one of the most critical parts of the game was when Cincinnati had first and goal from the three after recovering that that fumble. And uh, the defense bowed up with a lot of help, of course, from from the fans, and uh, and held them, held them out of the end zone, and kept them off the scoreboard, and uh, and allowed and basically, like you said, just a big shift in momentum there. Um, you know, uh, obviously we were helped by some penalties from Cincinnati, but part of that's on defense. You know, when you get false starts, a lot of that's because. You know the the Cincinnati players knew we had our ears pinned back. You know we we had some uh, strong guys up front, defensive line playing well um, that they had to prepare for. And sometimes you get a little jumpy when you know that you when you know that guy is is coming aggressively at you. So uh, and of course another part of that maybe equally big is the noise factor. Couldn't hear that snap count necessarily. Uh, that I think the noise definitely contributed to the delay a game penalty that moved him back another five yards. So a uh, huge absolutely. part of the game. Uh, I did want to mention uh, kind of on the, the negative side, uh, we lost uh, a very key player in our, our secondary, a Catalan, to injury who left uh, left in the first half. And um, uh, I'm, I'm hearing reports that he he may not be good to go for a little while. So we're going to need other, other players to step up uh, in his absence and – uh, essentially, fill that void. Well, we we definitely will, and 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 the good thing is, uh, you know, we we got some guys behind him that now they get their chance. Uh, the All American goes down, so why do you have that Razorback uniform on? Are you are you just wearing it for decoration, or are you ready to go put it to work? And uh, you know, we we get to play in front of the home field crowd again this weekend, and the secondary is definitely going to be tested and. Uh, I think it's a, a, a very key step. But one thing that you know is, is kind of underrated from the game is is the defensive line. I thought played stellar, and uh, I think that I think they're yes. going to be impact players throughout the year. Uh, you know, yes, I think so, they are. Uh, 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 transfers uh, uh, Dominic and Sanders both had sacks for us. Two transfer guys right there that were. Uh, Came up very big on that on that defensive front. Uh, well, uh, Arkansas, I, I believe we're we're still ranked nineteenth. I actually thought we were going to uh, jump up a little bit more than where we've jumped. Or I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, th- I think we moved up to sixteenth here in the uh, in the AP yeah, poll at least. Correct. 
Yeah, I think we've got some more room to go up, though. Cincinnati, I'll tell you, they're a better team than what people give them credit for, and I only see that win looking better as the season goes on. Well, Um, here's the thing about Cincinnati. This is what I think will happen with them. Uh, There's only one team on the remainder of their schedule that I think even poses a threat, and that's UCF. So, you know, Cincinnati has a chance to run the table and play in the New Year's Six Bowl game. Regardless oh, yeah. of, you know, whether they have one loss or not. So I, I think it looks good on Arkansas's uh, on Arkansas season having that win. Yes, definitely does. Quality win uh, to start off the year for sure. Uh, well, I, I think uh, with the NFL not having started yet, it uh, looks like we have some time here to, to look at other places uh, in the country and uh, – and give me your thoughts about some games that you think might uh, might surprise people uh, this year. I'm sorry, uh, this week. Well, I mean, uh, one that sticks out that's not going to come to any surprise, though, uh, Alabama's once again going to show Texas why they don't belong uh, in the SEC, uh, show them a preview of what's coming in a few years. Um, now, right now they have Alabama as a 20-point favorite in that game. Does that sound about right to you, Jackson? I think that's a little. I think that's a little, uh, little on the light side. I mean, I, I mean, I think <laughs> that could really get out of hand really quick. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, would, I mean, if there's somebody out there thinking of, about riding with the Longhorns, uh, I'm, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need a few more points than that if it's me. Uh, I just okay. think Memphis for real, and I think Texas has got some catching up to do. Uh, well, let's move to a little bit of a, a closer game here. Uh, what do you think about a, a SEC top 20 matchup here with Florida, number 12 Florida, hosting the number 20 Kentucky Wildcats? They have Florida as a six-point favorite in in the swamp. Uh, that, 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 that's an intriguing matchup. You know, Florida, you know, wasn't even on a lot of teams, a lot of, a lot of coaches' radar, you know, until they knocked off Utah last week. I mean, there were people in Florida thinking that Napier wasn't even going to get to coach the first game. So, um, you know, I, I, I think the Gators have a, a, a they have a tough opponent coming in Kentucky, but I, I think they're I think they're due for a good year down in the swamp. I mean, I I, I like the Gators. I, I think I think they can get it done. All right. Uh, well, let's let's not forget about. Uh, the hometown game here is Razorbacks stay in Fayetteville and, and get the uh, Gamecocks of South Carolina in their first SEC matchup of the season at 11 o'clock Central Time on Saturday. Kind of an early game. Does that favor Arkansas, or do you, do you think they're better off playing later in the afternoon like, like they did the first game? You know, I think Big Mo. I think if you know if Sam Pittman comes out and tells the fans, "Hey, I need you to show up," the fans are going to be there. Uh, <laughs> you know, these early games, these early games always make me sweat being a Razorback fan. But I, I just think that, that that running game of ours is so potent that I just think we we have the ability to come out in this game, set the tone early, and then just rely on our defense to carry us home. Uh, I, I actually. I actually like I actually like the Hogs. So I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna say I like the Hogs 38-21 over South Carolina this weekend. All right, well that means you're telling me that you like them to beat the spread because they're eight point favorites right now in Vegas. So uh, 
you're, you're project, uh, I think the was that 11, 17 point, 17 point win, 38, 21. Did you say Jackson? 38, 21. Yeah. That's, that's so, so I, last week I said, last week I said, uh, 34 to 20, you know, it, it came out of 31, 24. So I wasn't too far off. So you were not I'm, too I'm far gonna off. Go with my first mind. I'm going to go with All my right. first mind at 38, 21. All right. Well, you heard it here first, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Go, uh, go get your hog tickets at the at the local uh, Sarah Center or wherever you do business. Uh, Action Jackson says it's a good bet for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's see what else we got on here. Um, I would say another uh, SEC team which is facing a non-conference team that. Well, I'm sorry. Not not a non-conference team anymore, or at least not in football. Now that they moved to the ACC, Tennessee goes to Pittsburgh, and Tennessee is actually favored on the road, even though Pittsburgh is the higher-ranked team. Uh, it's a six and a half point advantage to Tennessee. That game's on ABC at two thirty on Saturday. What do you make of that, Jackson? And I. I'm not real high on the balls. You know, you know my, you know how our uh, our blood boils when we hear the the balls and and Rocky Top and everything. But oh, yeah. it's hard to go against the mm-hmm. SEC when when they play out of out of conference competition. So I'm, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with good old Rocky Top uh, this week uh, at, at a very play, a very difficult place to play in Pittsburgh. Um, well, it's it's hard to go like you I'm, said. It's I'm hard to go against SEC teams. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is a strong team, but I have to question how good of a quarterback play they could have after they lost Kenny Pickett being one of the top quarterbacks taken in the draft last year. I, I don't know how Pittsburgh can retool that quick. Maybe I'm not giving enough credit, but uh, I'm with you on, on liking the chances of Tennessee to go in there and, and pull out what's at least on paper going to be an upset. Uh, other places around the SEC, uh, it's looking like looking we have how the fans enjoy our two-minute warning section. You know, because oh yes, warning, oh yeah, the two-minute warning is uh, coming up too. I got I got one more before the two-minute one more uh, uh, for uh, for probably some local interest here. We have Ole Miss actually playing a another Arkansas team. But not the two that you would usually think. Actually, Central Arkansas will be in Oxford this week facing Ole Miss. Uh, we don't have a line on that, but it's. I think it's safe to say it's very heavily in favor of Ole Miss. Uh, do you give the Bears of Central Arkansas any chance in that game? Well, you know, those those UCA Bears, they, they, you know, they always come out and, and – represent the state very well uh I, I i just don't think that this is the uh that this is the one that they're going to uh to, to be on up to alert I, I think Ole Miss handles them and handles them well uh and yeah. improves you know why why lane kiffin you know has that job so uh, I, I think i don't think they're on any kind of upset alert okay well now is there one one last game before we we move on to our two-minute warning section. Is is there any upset out there that you feel is is just lurking and and waiting to happen? 
uh, anything that the fans should be. Now, of course, I, I, I guess I can't, well, I, I can't let you go without getting your opinion on a huge in-state rivalry that maybe not many people are talking about like they should be. Iowa State plays at Iowa. And even though neither team is ranked, I think we would be fools to underestimate these two programs. Uh, they have the Hawkeyes as three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Is is there any chance that the Cyclones come in there and, and do a little damage? I think there's a Cyclone. I think there's a Cyclone on the horizon for, for the Hawkeyes. <laughs> I, 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 think that, uh, I, I think that Iowa State of uh, – Iowa State could beat them up this time around. Uh, I know they're replacing a the quarterback as well. He wasn't drafted as high. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, I think I, that game is just always so intriguing. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to have to ride with the Cyclones. Uh, so right. I didn't take your upset special, did I? But I am a uh, – no, no, I haven't heard an upset special of, of this week. Okay. Now, now, what would do you do? You have a specific game that you have picked out? You know, I haven't. Uh, you know, sadly enough, I, I hadn't had a chance to see the whole scope of of what's uh, what's on tap this weekend. I've been focused on uh, the the injuries with our with our Razorbacks, and you know, just just hoping we can keep this momentum going. Uh, you know, it's 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 really concerning to me when we lose an All American. So, uh, you know, I've you know, I've been focused on that, and uh, that's that's my excuse. It might not be a good one, but that's what I got for the folks this week. Well, I think the Razorbacks are definitely going to be up for a challenge, as, as they all are against uh, every SEC opponent. Uh, well, speaking of challenges, uh, looking ahead to the NFL season, which is actually starting up tomorrow night. Uh, September the 9th. Uh, we're looking ahead to some of the Cowboy fans out there and, and some of the, of course, Buccaneer fans. Uh, do you think it's going to be a challenge for uh, when Tom Brady goes into AT&T Stadium on, uh, on Sunday night for Sunday night football? You know, I, I, don't, I don't really foresee much of, of a challenge, you know, for Brady. I think Brady's going to do what Brady does. Uh, the question mark for me is, you know, you know, Dallas has has been depleted at receiver, but uh, I mean, as we've, as I have come to know as a Buccaneers fan, we don't always play up above the level of competition. Sometimes we play uh, equal or, or below. I mean, you know, the, the losses we took to the Saints in the last few years, they've been depleted, they've been hurt, they've been injured, uh, and they've still beat us. So. Uh, I think the challenge rests on our defense. I mean, we have some all-pro guys back there. Uh, no, no doubt what Devin White and Levante David are, but I'm, I'm concerned a little bit about the, the Buccaneers secondary as well. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I don't think it's as close as last year, and I think the Bucks obviously still come out on top. Well, Jackson, I appreciate you mentioning my uh, my favorite New Orleans Saints, and of course my my favorite team, and. Uh, the few wins that they were able to eke out since uh, the retirement of Drew Brees, or at least the ones I remember, were against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So if you just looked at those games, you'd think the Saints were a were Super Bowl team. Of course, you know, 
rest of the games tell a different story, but we do get up for that one. I'll, I will give you that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think playoffs so uh, <laughs> yeah yeah so of course except for the except for the playoff game you're right except for the most important right. one but we're we'll, let's we'll forget about that one for now at least from my perspective <laughs> okay. uh, we, we can't agree with that yes well at least at least i can i can uh but uh i i would say uh you know if Dak prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, if they're ever going to put together a season, they have to start strong against basically, in, in my mind, the team to beat out there. And I know that the Rams won the Super Bowl. I know they beat the Buccaneers last year. But if you take away that one play from Matthew Stafford in that game, Tom Brady is the repeat champion. He's looking for a three-peat this year. You know, sometimes the ball falls, sometimes – the ball gets caught, and Cooper Cup made an excellent catch last year. And frankly, that's the only reason why everyone, uh, you know, if, if people are underestimating the Buccaneers or thinking they're not the team to beat, to me, they're fooling themselves because they are the team to beat in my eyes. And the Cowboys need to recognize that. And if they want to, uh, you know, make waves this year, they're going to have to beat the best at their own home stadium. That's just what you have to do in football. If you can't beat the team you need to beat at home, well, then you're not going to be able to hoist the uh, Lombardi trophy at the end. Uh, but, yeah, moving over to the – yeah. And you're, you're actually going to be in-house for that game. I'm, I'm stoked for you that, that you're going to be able to travel to that and, and, and to, to experience it firsthand. So, I mean, I – I can't wait to next week's episode to, to for you to tell us what Cowboy Stadium was all about. You know, uh, I can't can't wait to hear that report. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'll I'll be in the nosebleed seats, but I'll be there. <laughs> well, with that uh, with that screen as long as the field is, I don't think there is a bad seat in the house. Hey, that's what I'm banking on. That's that's the whole that's my whole plan my whole plan but <laughs> um yeah it should be a good one definitely will be a prime time game and of course earlier in the in the day uh the saints play the falcons and again that's doesn't doesn't merit much, much comment there except for you know if we don't take care of business for against the falcons it's going to be a long season so keep my fingers uh, crossed that or, uh, the, the falcons might be one of the teams buying uh, vying for uh, the number one pick in next year's NFL draft, uh, seeing who gets Bryce Young and or C.J. Stroud, you know, whichever one it is. Uh, so, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I just think the Falcons are that bad, but uh, that's, so that's certainly as as a Saints fan, I, I certainly hope that the Falcons are are bad, you know. But uh, that's that's just from my perspective. I, I I mean, I guess we can both agree on that, can't we, Jackson? Is that you being a Bucks fan, me being a Saints fan? We're united in our dislike of the Falcons. So, if if oh, there's nothing else we can take joy in this year, hopefully it's it's the futility of, of the Falcons on both sides of the ball. Well, we, we know <laughs> who the division comes down to. The, the NFC South comes down to Tampa Bay and, and the Saints, and that's a division that you guys have owned of, up until you know just recently. And uh, so we we know what we know what the South is. I mean, Carolina is a non-factor. And if Atlanta becomes a factor, then then we're both probably busy watching Bowling or the LPGA 
NBA or, or something else by that time anyway because we're not paying attention <laughs> to the NFL anymore. That's right. That's right. Let, let's hope that uh, there's a lot of fans in Carolina and Georgia, at least NFL fans, that are that are watching a lot of bowling and LPGA this year. That's, uh, right. that's, what, we're, that's what we're betting on. Well, uh, speaking of the NFL, I guess we have reached the two-minute warning section of our podcast. Uh, basically, just some, some hot topics that, that are out there, uh, world of football, in any sport really uh i just wanted to throw out there uh, something that caught my interest recently was actually women's tennis speaking of the you know lpga uh, uh serena williams last game uh maybe ever as a professional got knocked out of the u.s open uh there's an argument out there even though she came up you know one grand slam short of the all-time record which was uh uh, held by a court of Australia, um, that she might be the best ever. Uh, any thoughts on that, Jackson? Oh, I mean, definitely the best of of, of our lifetime uh, that, that I can that I can go back on. I mean, I think she is. She's been great for women's sports overall. I mean, there's little girls all around the world that idolize Serena Williams and I think once you reach that stage where every household you're in the mind of a young person uh, I, I think you reach that iconic stage and, and I think that's where uh, Serena Williams is uh, in, in my opinion I, I have to agree with that I, I think the degree of difficulty she's faced is uh, much greater than what it was in the mid 70s you know 80s you know, taking nothing away from from those athletes, it's 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 just a different level of competition now. And twenty three Grand Slams, in my mind, is uh, more in in this era is is more valuable than twenty four in you know the seventies when you're playing against amateurs and a lot of times the top players wouldn't even make it to Grand Slams. You know, in Australia, for example. Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't have all the American players there and, and vice versa when it was in America. Um, so, you know, not taking anything away from the, the previous champions, but and you know, and and maybe I am a little biased being an American too. But uh, Serena Williams, uh, I think she's got the crown right now, and and she can feel good about that in her retirement if 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 that is what she does. Now we of course we know with Tom Brady that. Retirement can be temporary sometimes, so you know, I, I wouldn't rule out a comeback, even though she's 41. Because you, you look, uh, you know, in in, in uh, South Florida there or Central Florida, and you have a an even older man playing a much more contact sport. So, right. Uh, so absolutely. Well, all right. Well, I go go ahead. Well, I was gonna say that uh, you know. You know, I know we're both big golf fans, and I, you know, I just want to give some props to Roy McIlroy for being the 2022 FedEx Cup champion. Uh, oh yes, you know, kind of, you know, revamping his career. And and I also want to say that you want to talk about tough jobs. You know, you know, you have your uh, your waste management job where you're hauling trash and uh, digging in the sewer. Let me tell you about a tough job. How about being Brian Kelly at LSU? Uh, <laughs> I mean. You know, he, oh, I, you know, I can't. I, yeah, well, hey, we have to now. We we've now reached the the overtime section of our of our podcast, and and we cannot leave this podcast without talking 
about the uh, the eighteen million dollars LSU paid to lose to Florida State on opening weekend. So, uh, I mean, yeah, please please elaborate. Through a podcast <laughs> without bashing on LSU, I mean, uh, I, I don't I don't know. They, they they claim he's the savior. They want to pay him all this money. Uh, you know, he, he couldn't get it done in the big games at Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, he's in the recruiting mecca of the South. I mean, if you can't coach at LSU, you can't coach anywhere. So, uh, I mean, I, I think he's going to be three and out. I think he's going to coach three years there, and LSU is going to put him out. They put out their, their son, their native-born son, Ed Orgeron. They put him in, out and send him out on a reel, so they'll do the same thing to Brian Kelly if he doesn't get get some things figured out real quick. Well, the LSU also let a pretty good coach that, that now coaches the Crimson Tide also uh, walk out their doors too. So uh, it would not be the first time that LSU has has let coaching talent escape their their grasp. Uh, Absolutely. But but yeah, it's. Uh, it's it's going to be a uh, a tall task for him because the expectations are high for LSU. But frankly, uh, you know, there's there's only so many so much room at the trough in the SEC West. And way I'm saying it is, I think the Hogs actually have their shoulders squarely in the place LSU used to be at, and LSU might be the the hog at the back trying to trying to get whatever's dropped out after we get done eating. If you know what I mean, <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I mean, I think uh, you know we got to deal with that uh, that pesky elephant that keeps sticking his trunk over in there and, and oh, yeah. everybody else's portion. But uh, yep. you know, I, I think we have something <laughs> for Alabama here in a few weeks. So let's see how let's see how we uh, let's see how we do uh, in the next few weeks. You know, I mean, uh, we don't want to look too far ahead, but you know, Bobby Petrino is coming to town. And, uh, and, and that's somebody that I think he's going to get a warm welcome and then he's going to get a swift kick in the butt and then we're going to send him right back down the road just like we did before. So, uh, I mean, I think he's, uh, you know, I think it's, I really think we're in for a, a special season, Big Mo, something that we, uh, frankly, we've never seen. And uh, I don't want to step out on them and say we're going to go undefeated, but I, I just think it's going to be a special year for Razorback fans, for Razorback Nation, uh, for K.J. Jefferson, uh, you know, some of these other guys that people don't know their names. I think Malik Hornsby is good, good for a good year. I think Jaden Hazelwood made the right move leaving Oklahoma and coming and joining what's going on in Arkansas. And me and you talked about this uh, when we found out Sam Pittman was going to be hired, that he was going to build something at Arkansas that may not be surmounted again. And I think he's done a fantastic job as a head hog. Oh, I agree. I agree. Sam Sam Pittman is the coach that we've been looking for. Uh, I mean, for my entire lifetime, I, I would already put him, elevate him above Houston Nutt. I mean, Houston Nutt did some very good things at Arkansas, but to me, Sam Pittman has a chance to do what Houston Nutt was never able to do, which is win the big games. And that's how, when you get to the point that we're at now, your team is going to be defined, is how do you do when you face the Floridas, the Georgias, the Alabamas, the the big games, and of course the LSUs, the big games that you need to put you over that hump. And of course, with the playoff expanding now, uh, the opportunity is even greater, uh, you know, looking two, three, maybe four down, years down the road. 
if we can just get into the top 12, well, then we're a few big games away from, from hoisting that trophy for the first time in a very long time. So right. I totally agree with you. Sam Pittman, to me, I believe he is the coach that can get us there. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be happier with him. I, I feel like he's got us on the right track. And uh, I just feel like the players, the fans, everyone has confidence in him. And there's a level of comfort that we've been looking for for a long time. You know, and, and I couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, just to point out about Coach Pittman, I think he did some growing from last year to this year because there were a lot of times in last Saturday's game against Cincinnati where fourth and one at the 50, uh, fourth and short, you know, at the, the 48-yard line. And Sam punts. Sam punts and puts it on the defense, plays mm-hmm. the field position game. Didn't try to put us in a bad position. And I think that shows his growth from last year. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and just to, you know, to, to summarize what you said in the in the words of the, the icon caller, uh, Jimmy Lee, all I can say to what you said is, amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, that's uh, that's probably a good place to leave it. We've, uh, uh, I think we've we've definitely given the the listeners their money's worth in in this uh, inaugural episode of the Home Field Advantage. Uh, well, Action Jackson, uh, thanks a lot for all your insights. Uh, much appreciated, as always. And uh, I look forward to doing this again uh, same time next week. Uh, it's going to be uh, recorded on September the 15th and uh, should also be available for your listening pleasure for all you Hog fans out there, Saints fans, or, you know, God forbid, Buccaneer fans who are interested in the in the uh, pearls of wisdom given by my, my fellow commentator here. Uh, always well-educated, well-researched, and, uh, and often right. <laughs> I appreciate the kind words, man. Uh, this is, like I said, it's been a long time coming, and the only way I know how to leave it is, you know, how I, how I normally leave most of our phone conversations uh, with a big go hogs. I'm All right. Woo pig suey. Woo pig suey. Let's go get the gamecocks and, uh, and 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 see what the season holds, and look forward to next week, man. All right. Well, I can say the same. Uh, I definitely join you on that. Go Hogs! Get those Gamecocks, and uh, you know we're off to a good start. Let's just keep it going. Amen. All right. All right. Amen. Amen. See you next, See you next week. week.